What's going on, everybody? Glad to be here. This is the inaugural debut episode of Run the Damn Pod. If you're tuning in, I assume you read Run the Damn Blog. If not, subscribe, follow over on Instagram, follow on the website, www.runthedamnblog.com. Looking forward to getting into it here with my man tonight from Augusta Golf Collective. This is Zach Tully. No, no plug here other than this guy makes good stuff. He's the man. He's passionate about what he does. Um, not to mention probably the biggest Georgia fan I know out there. No disrespect to any of my of my boys and girls following that are diehard dogs as well. But Zach's built different. Um, he's over here taking time out of his night to help me out with this. He's stocking the shelves for Augusta Golf Collective. Y'all go check his website out, AugustaGolfCollective.com. Appreciate it. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Thank you. Thank you getting on, man. This is this is big of you. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I'm excited to help you out and get this thing going, man. I remember when you started this when we were up and up at UGA and it was cool, man. You kept it going and it's good to see you kind of trying to launch the next step. It should be pretty exciting. Appreciate it, man. If there's one thing I can do, like I've told you before, it's talk, but um <laughs> Yeah, he followed you from the start, too. Zach started his Augusta Golf Collective Instagram page and store back in college, too. Flag football buddies that almost took the IM championship by storm, but almost did it. Fell short a couple times too many, but still really appreciate him getting on. Wanted to, you know, catch up on a couple of the big hitters from the offseason here. Namely, I think first and foremost is this conference realignment we're seeing coming up. I know there's talks with the ACC. I know there's talks with the Big Ten trying to work together to compete somehow with the SEC. But the real big news is Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So I mean, just get right into it. I mean, this is a this is crazy. I never would have thought a few years ago we'd be talking about these massive powerhouse schools joining the SEC. Which for sure. I I don't know. I really don't know. Like. Obviously, there's an immediate shock factor where I'm like, I don't like this. It's different. It's yeah. too too weird. There's too many great teams and programs competing in the same conference now. Right. And then it almost seems unf- like, I don't want to say un- unfair, because at the end of the day, there's going to be hundreds of, or however many, just like the NFL is going to be all SEC, I feel like. Right. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know if the SEC is going to be able to keep competing for titles if we're just beating each other up the whole season. Meanwhile... I'm not going to say any names, but Clemson. (laughs) (laughs) We got to get it in, man. Play them in three weeks. You got to get a jab in. If they don't make a move, like they're just going to be, you know, cupcaking it to the finals like they have been. Which, I mean, they've had great teams. Get me wrong, but, I mean. Right. So, now you're adding these guys to the mix, and there's a whole lot of headache of – of what are the, the – what's the realignment going to look like? What's – you know, who else is going to join? I, it's going to be interesting. Play out now they've got two big teams, like, solidly joining in, what was it, 2025 they're coming yeah, over? 2025, I think they can – that that's when their contract with the Big 12 expires and they can potentially pay out before that. I heard some folks saying it could be as soon as next year. So, I mean, this is coming and there's really no avoiding it. I think your point with Clemson, too – they got to look at Notre Dame joining a conference and it's got to be the ACC. I mean, at least you get some program with some repertoire in the ACC because as of right now, like you're saying, I know UNC is supposed to be good this year. Miami's on the up and up. They're recruiting well, but they're in a different league, man. Clemson's in a league of their own. You got to start playing the big boys. And 
I remember last year, I think it was, that Georgia announced they were going to be playing Oklahoma in 2030, something like that down the line. We're not going to have to wait that long now. These big games yeah. are coming up. To that point, I mean, Oklahoma's recruited well. Oklahoma's played well. Oklahoma's made the playoff, what, three out of the last four years. Don't fact check me on that. I'm probably wrong. But Oklahoma's crushing it right now. On the other hand, maybe, maybe not coming back into the picture. They're not recruiting like they thought they would. Tom Herman canned in the offseason. I think they made a good hire with Sarkeesian. But the SEC is a different ballgame. I don't really have any concerns about Oklahoma being competitive. What about Texas? What are your thoughts? And can, in your opinion, can Oklahoma be competitive in the SEC? It's a different ballgame than the Big 12, man. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think they're going to have to realign some focus and try and tighten up the defense because, as we saw in the Rose Bowl a few years ago, you can only score so many points. <laughs> and so 48 was not enough to win a playoff game, which is still crazy to me that we were able to score more. But right. I don't know. That philosophy, that no defense, just – Air raid, spread the ball around. It's not going to fly in the SEC, which I think they know that they'll, they'll tighten up. But at Texas, you never know. There's, they've been such a wild card for, it seems like, the last, I don't even know, 15 years. Yeah. I mean, really since Vince Young, it's to me, like, because I don't follow Texas football, but, I mean, it just they're in and out. They're in and out. And they're really their only claim is that crappy game they beat us in. Right. And I still hate to hear about that, but. Um, if you never lived down as a Georgia fan, we got so many of them recently. Oh, yeah. I think, I think both teams would be competitive. Like, we've seen Texas A&M. It took them a few years to kind of gain their, their footing, and then they hit the jackpot with Manziel, which sucked. Yeah. That's really – that was him and Mike Evans. If they had a defense, they would have been unstoppable. Right. But, yeah, you'll see these teams adapt, and I, I think it will oh, – however they realign the conference, it's going to be fantastic regular season football. Yeah, and getting to that point, really good transition there is how are they going to realign the conferences? Or I, it's anybody's guess right now. What do you think is the best way to do it? I kind of fall on the side of I've seen people talking to people vouching for move Auburn and Bama over to the east, put Texas and Oklahoma in the west, makes geographical sense, call it a day. I have a hard time thinking that the ADs that – Georgia, Florida, even Alabama are going to be cool playing yeah. each other every single year. Florida doesn't have to play Auburn every year. That's a big matchup. You're going to start what you talked about, cannibalizing the conference. I'm really not sure that makes the most sense. Maybe it does geographically. I've seen pods where you have four different pods of four teams. Each plays another every year. Maybe that's the best way to mix it up. What have you seen? What do you think is the best way to do it? Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. The pods, kind of the four mini divisions is probably about the only way, um, unless they talk about dropping teams, which, I mean, who are you going to I mean, Arkansas. Yeah, look, I mean, every, I'm, I'm sorry. I know I got some Vandy grads on my Instagram live. I know I got some Vandy grad friends out here. but I like, love having them for the SEC for baseball. Absolutely. But, absolutely. And I love an easy conference win every year, but we're not going to drop them. Yeah, either it's fun to celebrate a win there absolutely it's never a bad time to go up to Nashville for a game either I'm with you though I think the pods are the way to do it end of the day somebody's going to be mad because they're going to have to play Alabama or Georgia or Florida or Oklahoma every year it's kind of the luck of the draw I don't see though athletic directors at Georgia and Florida specifically agreeing to play Alabama every year I think it'll yeah. balance power I don't think it happens 
Um, That's yeah, it's it's really going to be interesting. I've seen so many different takes on what could happen and what should happen, but there's just I mean, really no telling. Like I, <laughs> it's going to be crazy. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. And quick apology to all my guys out on Instagram live watching, tuning in. Thank you for the three of you for for stopping by for a couple minutes. Started on a little late here, but this will be up on recording on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the whole nine yards as soon as we get done here. So wanted to get your opinions to the big moment we've all been waiting for. We've been waiting full off season, eight months for it. What is this Georgia-Clemson game going to look like? I know there's big matchups in week one. You look at LSU-UCLA. You look at Miami and Alabama. That's a top 15 matchup. But AP poll just released today. You got number five versus number three, Georgia versus Clemson in Charlotte. Honestly, early candidate for game of the year if both teams play up to their potential. How do you see it going? What do you think the keys are for both teams? Obviously, with the bias that you have. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so trying to keep it unbiased. I, I mean, it's going to be a hell of a game to start. It's going to be crazy. I hate that I'm not Charlotte, but I'll be in Athens watching it, so that's not too bad. But it's going to be great. It is going to be great. Like, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the team. I think JT Daniels is really going to step into his role and lead the offense. I think we're going to see – I know this is going to hurt a lot of From fans, but I think we're finally going to see a true – Gunslinger out there for the dogs. Spread <laughs> Look, no disrespect, he's never a gunslinger, man. That's not his forte. <laughs> a true field field general, I think we have in uh, JT Daniels. So it's going to be cool to see how kind of the. I mean, he's had a different pathway, but to see how he is, how he plays as a veteran versus you know Clemson's. I'm not even going to try and say his last name, but their new guy, DJ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's going to be. That's the storyline. Those two played together or played against each other in high school around the same age. I mean, they have a history together playing at Matter Day in St. John Bosco. And JT Daniels, to your point, has has been the hype train this offseason for Georgia fans. I mean, you talk about losing George Pickens. Eric Gilbert yeah. transfers in. Now he's stepping away from the program for a minute. Um, you know, all for his mental health, best to him. But – Really, none of that's derailed the hopes of Georgia fans to this point because you've got a guy returning in JT Daniels who potentially at the end of last season looked like the best quarterback in the SEC outside of Mac Jones. Do you think he takes that next step and can carry over the success he had in four games last season? Very limited sample size. Not the stiffest of competition. He did struggle a little bit against Cincinnati, though I think some of those concerns were overblown. He still had a real productive day. How do you, do you think he carries that momentum over into this season and cements himself as a Heisman favorite? I mean, I, I think as long as he can stay healthy in our O-line, which is, you know, kind of shaky, and we, and we don't really know what we're going to get out of that. But I think I think he can. I think he's going to ball out all year long. And, that, you know, we hear a – you know, we see the report every offseason of something bad, some breaking news, something bad has happened to Georgia. And then this year we got George Pickens going down. And I don't know, it, it's terrible, and it was a big loss for sure, but it almost didn't feel like the sky was falling. Right. It was like, it, we still are going to be okay. Like, we're right. so, we've done so well, we're deep enough. And then, like, you, George Pickens is a guy you can't really replace, but it, it's next man up. And I don't think, like, as much firepower as we had, there's, there's not going to be a lot of loss production. Uh, like, as far as offensive unit as a whole, like the highlight reel and the – you know, the, the for sure third and ten first downs might not happen as often, 
without Pickens, but who knows? I'm really hoping Gilbert can uh, kind of get right and get himself back out there because he was going to be a real good addition to that. For sure, yeah, he was a huge transfer. Big expectations this off season. A lot of pressure comes with that. No, I've heard. I'm, I'm not even going to speculate as to you know what's going on with the kid, but just hope the best for him. Hope he can get back out there and play sometime soon. I think you're right, though. I think in the past it felt like the sky is falling when something happens to Georgia. They have recruited at such an elite level. They have brought back such elite talent this year. When you talk about Zamir White coming back, James Cook coming back on the defensive side, you've got Nicobe Dean, Jordan Davis. You've got some real dogs coming back. I think there's less reason to worry this offseason when something like that happens, when George Pickens goes down. You can't replace a game-breaker like that. But, look, you might not have to in George's offense with JT Daniels at the helm. On the other side of things, I think Clemson returns – a bona fide star in DJ Uyunglele. I think he is an absolute monster. You're going to see some drop off between him and Trevor Lawrence just because Trevor yep. Lawrence is a once in a generation type of player. But you get Justin Ross coming back. You got five star Will Shipley coming in. You, in. On the defensive line, might be the best in the country. Miles Murphy, Brian Brissy, you're returning James Skalski at linebacker. I think they've got a really stacked team. I think they return all 11 starters on defense. Really tough team to go up against. What do you think is the key matchup there for Georgia against Clemson that they can maybe take advantage of? Because they, Clemson is so stacked top to bottom just like Georgia is. Yeah. I mean, really it's just going to come down to execution from either side. Like, I mean, they're so – I feel like they're so evenly stacked talent-wise. I mean, you've got literally the best of the best just going at it. I mean, there's no real, like – huge obvious holes on either side of the team I feel like you've got a bunch of new faces you've got a bunch of veterans out there you've got two experienced coaches I mean and, and football's back like I've, they're gonna be fired up we went a whole year basically without fans and like yeah. the real ex you know classic college football and it it feels back like I'm excited yeah. last year it was here who knows if they even played this weekend but now it's like they're here stadiums will be packed and it's gonna be awesome it's going to be unbelievable. Charlotte's going to be absolutely rocking that weekend. I know it's going to be a sold-out game. It's, it feels to me like it's going to be a 50-50 game, too. Georgia travels so well. It's in Clemson's backyard. You're going to have 50-50 fans there. It's going to be a hell of an experience for both teams getting to play in front of a crowd like that, and I think you made a great point. Neither team has a glaring weakness. I think if you were to point out right now where there's uncertainty on both teams, it's the offensive line. For both teams, you got a lot of uncertainty for Georgia at left tackle, at center. Who's going to step up? I think Clemson replaces three starters on the offensive line. Their right tackle's moving over to left tackle to replace Jack Carmen in a unit that struggled last year in the first place. So both offensive lines may end up struggling. I think both defensive lines probably rank them one and two in the country. Um, I don't really know who you'd put ahead of Clemson or Georgia in that 1A, 1B spot on their defensive front and those linebackers. So this is going to be a great game. I think a lot of focus going into the game is going to be on DJ versus JT, offensive firepower. See how that plays out. I honestly think this could end up being a defensive game, low scoring 20 to 17 kind of game because of the kind of defensive talent and experience that you're bringing back on both sides. And I think, you know, I mean, I don't follow Clemson, like I said, a whole lot, but I think I feel like the key for Georgia is making him throw the ball, making him uncomfortable. Because, I mean, the, like you said, the defensive front, they shouldn't be able to run the ball on this. I mean, especially up the middle on Jordan Davis. It's not going to happen. It's going to have to be outside. I feel like we have enough speed at linebacker to 
keep it pretty bottled up. So I think we just need to get pressure, make him throw the ball, and make him make plays. That's I mean, that's what you got to do to these young guys. And yep. I don't know. I mean, we got young guys. There's a lot of question marks for us in the secondary, I feel like. But I feel like – I mean, this is why you recruit, like I said. I mean, yep. used to be, you know, back in the Rick era, it was like, all right, we, we've trained them for three years, and this is our year. Now it's like every year we've got ballers out there. So You're so, not replacing. You're reloading. I have to wait and see who it is going to be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you talk about guys like Keely Ringo, who's like the – second highest rated cornerback ever to come out of the 24-7 sports recruiting rankings. You bring mm-hmm. in Darian Kendrick. Guys like Justin Ross on the other side of the ball are going to give you nightmares. Like you said, I mean, I, I know Will Shipley's a talented freshman, um, but running on that defensive front is going to be a hell of a time for Clemson. Adam Anderson and Nolan Smith are going to be keys to the game for Georgia, getting after the quarterback. And I think on the other side, Miles Murphy, Brian Bercy, James Skalski might be the X factors for Clemson. If they can make JT Daniels uncomfortable and if they can bottle up Zamir White, Kendall Milton, James Cook, you might end up, like I said, seeing a defensive struggle. Um, yeah. Like you said, I think it's going to be a great game. Let me get a quick prediction from you. Give me a score. Who wins the game? Oh, well. I already know. I already know. I- I'm going to ignore any red flags in my mind. I'm going with my heart. Georgia wins the game. I would get booed off the stage if I was sitting next to Herb Street or Corso, but I'm sticking with my guns. Georgia wins. I think it's fairly low scoring, like you said, but I think we get the win. I feel it. I feel it. Feel good. That sets you up a direct path to the playoff if you're Georgia. Huge momentum going into week two. Huge momentum for the rest of the season. And at that point, you really start talking about tempering expectations for the rest of the season because all the talk is going to be you're in the playoff, you're in the national championship game if you pull out a win like that. Speaking of that, I know this is kind of a Georgia-centered deal with you being the Georgia fan that you are. If you had to rattle off – a playoff right now, a playoff prediction right now, the top four teams at the end of the year, not necessarily in any order. Who do you think it's going to be? Uh, well, I'm, I mean, Bama, I'm obviously de facto probably the one or two seed. Uh, I'm going to – Oklahoma's going to slip in there. I think they win the Big 12 pretty easy with Spencer Rattler. Um, then three and four, I, I mean, you, I don't know what you're going to get out of Ohio State with fields being gone like who who do they have playing quarterback now i don't even know they got cj stroud they they haven't announced a starter yet but cj stroud has separated himself from the pack it seems like jason uh sorry ryan day has said he's separated himself from the pack he seems like he's odds on favor to be the starter but quinn ewers the number one prospect in 2023 did really not here. Probably going to take a red shirt on that one. It's probably more of a preparation year for him, but you've also got um, Kyle McCord sitting there waiting in the wings. I believe it's Kyle McCord. Um, but I think C.J. Stroud, Ohio State's a good pick too. Um, but I, Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm up in the air on them, but I think uh, – I mean, the first game could be a – I feel like if, if Georgia beats Clemson, I feel like it could be a season killer for Clemson yeah, because I don't know – a whole lot for them to make it make it up like they would have to bank on other teams losing and Georgia at that point would control their own destiny but then again who knows you get to the SEC game and lose you never know I mean it is absolutely crazy how it could shake out but I'm gonna go Bama Oklahoma I'm gonna say Georgia no no you know what I'm gonna go all in I'm going all in this year Georgia wins the SEC all right okay all right 
All right. I can't say it because I'll curse them, and I don't want to be held liable for that. But I'll uh, take it from you. I'll take well, it from I'm here, so it doesn't matter. So <laughs> my one out of ten, I'm like, I told you this was good. This was good. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, man. There's nothing wrong with that. I think if they bring out those black unis in the SEC championship, maybe they'll finally get past Alabama. That'd be something. We got, we've got to get past the Alabama hump. So. You know, if you're George, I think that's got to be – I mean, you're obviously focused on Clemson week one, but you get past that game, and I think you circle Florida, you circle Auburn, but you're really – your eyes are turning towards Alabama and getting over that hump. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I don't know if I'm going to go that far yet as to say George will beat them, but I think it's Alabama at number one. I think it's probably Oklahoma at number two. Um, then I think you probably slide Georgia in there in a close loss. They probably make it in at four. And mm-hmm. Ohio State at three. So you got Alabama, Georgia in back-to-back weeks. I do think you're right. Clemson, what we talked about earlier, really, really rough. Not rough. That's the wrong way to put it. Really weak in conference schedule you're not going to get a marquee win out of that they don't play unc this year they don't play notre dame this year in the regular season and that i mean you're still banking on they go 11 and 0 the rest of the way and win the acc championship probably a safe bet but you never know anything can happen in that one loss when your schedule's that week can really come back yeah it almost feels a lot like how it used to be when it was the bcs and it was just the top two and then it's like our year up with Oklahoma State and Boise, and it was like, well, we lost, so it's kind of over. Right. You know, basically right. had to be on team like to make the championship. But then when you get to the end of the season, you're like, wow, if we wouldn't have lost to South Carolina, unranked South Carolina, we probably would have made it. Right. So, I mean, it's, that's going to be the biggest thing this year is definitely week to week. Like, go 1-0 and every weekend. Don't worry about the three weeks out or whatever. 100%. 100%. You know, not going to bring up anything else controversial in this episode, but a 12-team playoff could be on the horizon. May not have to worry about it much longer for a 14 True. True. And that's another thing. I feel like with this big shift to the SEC, they're definitely – I feel like they're definitely at least opening up to minimum eight, which they've already said they're going to do, right? Right. Yeah, I can't remember when the contract expires. I want to say that one's in like 2023, 2024, something like that. So you're lining all this stuff up at the right time that you expand the playoff. Oklahoma and Texas join the SEC. I'm not going to throw out super conference yet, but you're starting to schedule bigger games. There's no cupcakes. There's no off weeks. I think Georgia kind of pioneered that to their credit in scheduling teams like Clemson, Oregon opening the season next year. Oklahoma, Texas, FSU, they've got home and home set up with in the future. They'll play anybody anywhere. Um, and I think that's kind of the direction you're going to have to go is you're going to have to play anybody anywhere. Maybe you lose one or two games, but in an expanded playoff format, maybe that doesn't matter as much. Yeah, I agree. Pure conjecture at this point, but want to wrap things up here, keep everybody to a short, you know, 15, 20-minute episode. Don't want to take too much time out of anybody's day. But, Zach, appreciate you getting on with me, man. Really appreciate you talking Georgia football. You're always welcome back on Run the Damn Pod anytime. Love to get you back on here, man. Yeah, anytime, man. Thanks for having me, and I'm excited to tune in every week or however often you're going to do it and listen and watch it grow. It's going to be cool. Anytime you need Time you need me, I'm here. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Everybody take care, and we'll see you all next week. All right. Cheers.